Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I am your host, Kareen, joined as ever by Kim. Hello. And Ari. Hello. And we're here today to talk about Season 3, Episode 14, edging ever closer to the end of this series, uh, which is called Whom the Gods Destroy, a.k.a. Star Trek Arkham Asylum, <laughs> a.k.a. Double Kirked for Her Pleasure, a.k.a. Aww. Didn't we see this last season? Yes! It, in that it was probably the exact same set and a lot of the same costumes, absolutely. It was the exact same plot. Uh, I... Well, it's Dagger of the Mind. Yeah, it is, but this is the one that I remember that yeah. I thought when we were watching Dagger of the Mind it was going to be this one. Yeah. You must have been very confused. I was. <laughs> because here's the deal about this one. The villain of it is hot! Hot! Yeah, he was! So here's the deal. Kareen, he is, no. 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 <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. yes. That nose, that face, that grin, that you have smile, that charisma. I'm a little troubled that she started with nose. <laughs> it's a really, like, good nose. It, I feel like he could have played a Caesar at some point. Like, I feel like he would have been a very credible Caesar. I'm sure he agrees with you. Kareen, no. He is super dead. So his name <laughs> is Steve Inat... My apologies. He originally was from Czechoslovakia, moved to Canada, nice. and then um, immigrated to the United States to become an actor. <laughs> uh, moved to the United States to become an actor. Uh, did this. The character of Garth, is that his name? Yeah, Garth. Yeah, I would prefer not to call him Garth. I hate that name, and I don't think it's very sexy. Can we choose something else? Caesar. Hail Caesar. Caesar. <laughs> Hail Caesar. Um, Hail Caesar is supposed to be like 15 years older than Kirk. Yeah, he's... He's supposed to be old. Uh, Steve, my man Steve, original name, Stefan. You should have sure. stuck with Stefan. Agreed. Agreed. Was actually three years younger than Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I mean, he hadn't availed himself as of as many like cosmetic interventions as Shatner. <laughs> He had to have his hair uh, dyed gray oh. to look older than yeah. him. But I, there was something very virile about him. He was very distinguished. Yeah, Was it the megalomania? I... Megalomania can be very attractive in a man. Please provide an example. <laughs> <laughs> just, just one. <laughs> oh, I can't think of one right now, but I know it can. <laughs> so... Right. And we, we are supposed to get, this is a very, like, Napoleonic situation. <laughs> You're going to start that sentence again. <laughs> so, it's very Napoleonic. We're on the island of Elba, so that is one of the islands of Napoleon's mm -hmm. banishment mm -hmm. we're going to go with. And yeah. I, I like this. I, yeah. I actually love this concept. I feel like everyone comes off as really smart and capable. Oh, yeah. Even... Even Scotty. I'm going to give half points to Scotty. <laughs> Not full points, because obviously there are some missteps hey, there. you know what? The Scotty at no point gives up the ship to invaders in this episode. <sighs> yep. The Enterprise remains secure throughout. It does. He is a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he does, like, obey orders and do what he's supposed to do. And I love how this is very much playing with, with tropes yeah. of, you know, inmates take over the asylum, someone has a Napoleonic complex, mm -hmm. to the point where he's, like, 
pinning medals on his Literally chest space and actually crowns himself because no one is greater than him. I, which I, I love. The thing is that I I too remember Dagger with a Mind as this episode and I actually feel like, because it's basically it's the same story but done way better. Yeah, it is. Because most shows do not have two mental asylum episodes. <laughs> you just get one. So I feel or like Or an was, arc. Yeah. You get an arc. Yeah, I, but I feel like this was a do-over. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was certainly better. I loved how all of our characters you know, figured things out and didn't look like morons. And also there were two Kirks. Yeah. And this I time you they, always really enjoy that. I love two Ds. Uh, two Ks. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good two Kirks. Um, Although this time it was, to me, at least extremely obvious which one wasn't Shatner over the whole the back. Time. I yeah. actually thought they re- did a really good job on There's the body double. There's at least double. one shot where they're both facing away from the camera and, like, one guy is Shatner and the other guy has, like, iron gray hair and is, like, six inches shorter. Shut your face! You know? I, was, I thought they did a really good job on the cast. During the fighting, yes, but that one shot, it was really obvious. No, I thought it was so obvious the entire time which no. one wasn't Shatner. Yes! During well, the fight, it was obvious like, that it wasn't Shatner, but I thought that they got a good enough body double and good enough hair. Maybe it was just a really weird shot because there's one shot where I'm like, oh wow, that's a very different person. I but the camera work that they did during the fight, during the fight, the, I, it was good. Yeah, the camera work during the fight where they were very keep, keep, or careful to keep everybody's face covered up. That was great. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they were like filming fine. from the tops of their heads. Fine, it was fine. I really enjoyed all that. And there was actually a moment in this episode where both Ari and I went, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What was that? You'll know when we get there. (laughs) An actual surprising moment. Yeah. I also thought that, kind of again with Dagger of the Mind, but more so, this was actually a very sensitive portrayal of mental illness. (laughs) Yeah. Weirdly enough. Like, again, even though I did not particularly enjoy Dagger of the Mind, again, for the second time. What... I liked about it. It was very clear that mental illness is an illness. And they actually refer to it as mental illness. Yes. It's not... They call them incorrigibles at some point. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a very charming way of saying that some guy who almost, like, eradicated an entire planet. Oh, apparently completely eradicated. Did well, he kill all of them? I thought he just... No, he tried. He tried. he tried. He tried. He tried. Yeah. No, he and tried. And crew stopped him. Well, yeah. Thank yeah. God. And he was very disappointed in all of them. Yeah, this yeah. is like the, the the hospital for the criminally insane. Yeah, and there's apparently 15 of them yeah. left in the entire galaxy. Yeah. That they just can't treat. And, yeah, and that, that was the part that was sort of interesting to me was like, there's only this one type of mental illness that has never been curable, but you can fix it with medication. I don't think it was a type. It was that these were the 15 people that they couldn't cure in otherwise conventional ways. It's for the criminally insane. um, (laughs) Sorry, the incorrigibly criminally insane. (laughs) And that they had tried everything and they just couldn't, for whatever reason, fix these people. And so they developed a medicine, which apparently they administer intravenously, question mark? That will cure all mental illness. They hope. Which, fingers crossed. Um, it's interesting because, the, on the other hand, I, I love all of this. Mental illness is an illness. These people are not in control of their actions. And that's what we get at the end of the episode. That um, Hail Caesar, is that's not him. Yeah. No. It's all the illness talking. It's all the illness guiding his actions. And so, at the end, when... He asks Kirk and Spock, do I know you? Mm -hmm. They say no. Yeah. Because you were not 
you are not responsible for what happened when it was the illness talking for you. A side note to this episode is when people started talking about the new series coming out, Discovery, um, because somebody had said that it's based on some incident that you you have referred to in the text. There was a, I don't know if it's actually been confirmed or anything, but there was a lot of speculation that the incident would be this guy going crazy and the mutiny that occurred to take him out of power. So I have no idea, but that is out there as a possibility of what Discovery will be about because it's supposed to take place about 10 years before uh, original series. It's supposed to be in the same sort of timeline, etc. I would be so into that! I I hadn't heard that it was about Antos, but I had heard it being about Axanar, which is the great, you know, the great... Axanar? It's the great victory for which he's known. Oh, um, and that okay. you know, and this and was like fifteen years. This was like fifteen years before what happened at Antos, I think. So, and then Kirk, as like a baby cadet, goes to Axanar on a peace mission, and that's what kind of I think we're to understand that that's kind of what sets off the Federation. It's part of the very beginning of yeah, it. Yeah, because after that, then, after this great victory, then diplomacy moved in, and the planet that he almost blew up is like, hey guys, how about we hold hands and get along? They're also apparently like this incredible bastion of medical technology. That we've, do we ever see them? I don't, who are these people? The, ant, the it's called Antos 4. Antos The four? thing about, the, the, they talk about it in terms of cellular metamorphosis, and the thing is that at least a couple of times in Next Gen, they use that phrase in conjunction with dermal regenerators. So I wonder if that technology actually came from that planet. Hmm. Way to draw a link, man. Right? <laughs> I feel like... There's something about this as well as in Enterprise, because um, Enterprise does encompass the beginnings of the Federation. Right. And I feel like there's an, actually probably, an, I think there's an episode later in the series called Axanar. Hmm. And oh, there's okay. stuff about, I like, I when I hear the phrase Axanar, I so- associate it with Enterprise. So I couldn't tell you any details right now. We'd have to, like, memory alpha this shit, but... <laughs> I feel yeah. like there's something about this in Enterprise as well. Yeah, because he, he's he's for sure a Starfleet officer. Like, he was a Starfleet yeah, he commander. Was a, like, a fleet commander. Master of the universe. Captain, yeah. Well, because Kirk, doesn't Kirk say that they had to, he studied him in yeah, the academy? Yeah, he studied yeah. him in the academy. So he was definitely in the Federation, but it sounds like the very... He was early, a Starship like, fleet captain. Yeah, early Federation. Like, the when, very beginning. when war was still incredibly common and ongoing. So his life is, he did this great thing, gets into the history books got injured, went down to this planet, they patched him up, but also taught him how to shapeshift, and then he went bonkers. Yeah, and it sounded to me like what happened to him, like, they just just say it's an accident, they don't actually say what happened to him. Um, He almost died, and they bring him back to life, and he he repays them by... I'm going to wipe out your planet now. Um, well, I'll be fair. First, he offered to allow them to help him take over the universe. And they said, yes. uh, going to pass. So he tried to wipe out their entire race. And it resulted in a mutiny yeah. on his ship. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that correct? That is yes. totally correct, Kim. At some point, don't they say that all starship captains, there's never been a mutiny before? Well... Okay, so like, this is what note. I figured, because it's only a mutiny until it gets ruled not a mutiny, and I feel like in the aftermath, the, like, Starfleet Tribunal sort of brought the crew, the, the senior staff of his ship up and went, you know, we're gonna let this one pass, since he was trying to commit genocide. I feel like then they should have been a lot nicer to Kirk. 
in that trial. Agreed. Like, no mutiny, but no, except for that one time, mm. which we're going to say not mutiny because we don't want to, like, break a record. Yeah. Well, historically, mutiny is something in the moment. It's not, like, a legal term. It's, like, Well, no, taking... it's a very general term of we kick the it captain is. to the curb. It is, but sometimes there's legitimate reasons for doing that, and in the fallout yes. later on, it might not be considered mutiny. And that, I don't know, impending genocide feels like a pretty good justification for, quote, mutiny. I was writing unquote. the Federation history book, I'd put a pretty big asterisk near that particular statement. Mm. But, I mean, they were right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely really. right. Any captain who kind of beams up from a strange alien planet is like, and so we're gonna kill them all. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm the ma- master <laughs> of the universe. Uh, now so, that is a red flag that I appreciate that they picked mm, up on. Yep. So, uh, we're on the island of Elba, planet of Elba, whatever, um, where where Caesar has been uh, exiled. Yes. Uh, slash committed to a mental institution for the criminally insane. He's just been transferred there. Yeah. Really? He's, so he's the new kid at school. So oh. they've been trying all this time to fix him and have just been like, mm, it's I not feel, okay. This is the place where they kind of like shrug and go, well, we tried. <laughs> And to be fair, in Dagger of the Mind, rehabilitation does work. Yeah, it does. And apparently it works for most other people, too. So Not, not Caesar. Not Caesar. Not Caesar. So the head of this organization is Donald Corey. I just called him the governor the whole time. Governor the Corey. Gov. The okay. Gov. So the Gov appears to be the only employee. Yeah, yeah, I thought about that, and it seemed really weird, but I mean... <laughs> really weird? It's There's very only weird. 15 of them. There's that only seems 15 negligent, but they're <laughs> real crazy. They're all real crazy, but the thing is that most of them don't seem like genius crazy, so I don't know. I mean, if most of them are always hidden behind force fields, I don't know. I wouldn't personally take the risk, but... I'm gonna throw a flag on the play, because somehow in the entirety of this, Hail Caesar managed to develop an explosive, test that explosive... Yeah. Acquire enough to blow up the entire planet? And there are guards, because he mentions it at some point about how the guards got tricked. So are we to assume that... Killed them? Maybe they're just shit. Maybe they're all just in the holding cell over there, (laughs) behind the camera, so you can't see them. In the Austin too expensive to film area. Because I had forgotten that he said that, but now I'm assuming that they killed them. They definitely have guards, we just don't know what happened to them. Had guards. Donald is smiling like a creeper. Like, you get to see all of his teeth, which should immediately be like, oh. In fact, the first thing he says to Kirk and Spock when they beam down is, So I put the force field back up. You're trapped, huh? Ah. Now you have to stay for dinner. <laughs> and you he are like, dinner! He seems slightly sinister. For oh, no, it next... seems super sinister as soon as they come down and you see his face and he's showing off all his teeth like he's not sure what they're for. Yeah. Uh, he's also... By the way, wearing the exact same jumpsuit as the uh, staff at the last. Yes, that was going to be my next question. That that was the same outfit, right? Yeah, exact same. I thought that was the weird hand cult logo. Exactly the same. (laughs) Um, Corey is uh, the rehab program on this particular planet for incorrigibles not going that great, and I'm also pretty sure the medicine's not going to work, which seemed like a weird thing for him to say. Except, oh, right. So. And, and Corey's like, so our newest recruit is Garth Elisar? Sure. Garth of Izar. Oh, of. no, no, no. Still sounds like a Lord of the Rings character. Who <laughs> <laughs> is a Starship League captain, and Kirk is like, oh, I read about him. And here's the deal, He's my Kirk. my hero. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> never. No. It's just not worth it. Especially for you. Yeah. Everyone, you're like, oh, I read about them, and I'm, I'm, I really like them, and I would love oh, to have a chat. Oh, they're evil. They're evil. 
they're evil and or possessed mm-hmm. and or have built a doomsday device that they're unwilling to undo. Mm-hmm. Ain't that always the As way. we're walking down the hall, because Kirk's like, I really like to see Garth. And we're like, oh, this is a terrible okay. idea. Here, Okay, guys. Guys, 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 guys. So your hero... One criminally insane and trying yeah, to Yeah, I'm trying to think of who your hero would be right now, Kim. Alexander the oh. Great? No, living living <laughs> human being that you didn't think was a murderer. Uh... Noam Chomsky has gone insane. <laughs> He's being locked up at a facility for incorrigibles. You're there to drop off a couple of magazines. And they're like, hey, Kim, Noam just got transferred in. And you're like, can I take a look at his holding pen? <laughs> like, he's a puppy. No. Or it's a zoo. No. Like, it's a zoo. The correct answer to that is, oh, I hope you guys are doing everything you can for him and move on with your life. Because this for sure feels like a human zoo situation. <laughs> a little bit. Because yeah. their rooms don't even have doors. doors. Like, there's no privacy. You're just out in the open where the guards can see whatever you're doing. It's all panopticon It is very panopticon. Well, presumably, literally, since I expect there are, there are... No, we know there are cameras everywhere. Oh, that's true. Some of them set up at really dramatic angles. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the way to see Garth, we see uh, Marta, who is uh, an Orion. Okay, Kim, I'd like you to take a, her outfit... Take us on a war journey. <laughs> it is a pink, orange, and green caftan. Yes. <laughs> it is voluminous. Yeah, it is. There's a lot, lot dramatic. To it. That green makeup must have been awful. There's during the scene where she's dancing. Yes, and the sex, the sex scene with Kirk. Yeah, where she's like running her hands yes. over people. I kept looking at her hands and watching people and trying to see if like the makeup was coming off. It was so weird. I cannot imagine how much work it must be to be body painted entirely green Her, and then have it not come off on everything. Well, it looks is, matte is it clearly, the other thing. It clearly does come off sometimes because in the first scene when they... Because basically what happens here is that uh, we walk up to the cell. We see the cell that's supposed to have Garth in it. Oh, it's Governor Corey. Da, da, da! To the surprise of no one. To literally no one. But they, you know, they stick Kirk in the cell with him and then they sort of saunter off. Are you going to link this back to the makeup? Wait, I I was gonna, 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 as she's I'm walking like, away, yeah, as no. she's walking away with Garth, like arm in arm with him, the bottoms of her feet, the makeup has all come off and it's oh, really? like vivid pink. Later on when she's dancing, they're green again. So I feel like there's like they had to stop a lot to touch her up because also in the coronation scene where he like pulls her up by her shoulders, he takes his hand away and his there's an imprint of his hand on her, her arm. Did die? I thought the makeup yeah. did a hell of a oh, job yeah. because oh. like even at her hand, mm-hmm. like she's got her nails painted with her, her sparkly green nail polish was sure. like life goals. <laughs> yeah. But even like around her fingers, like you yep. don't see any skin. It's just green. And yeah. it doesn't look like greasy or sweaty it looks matte yeah Yeah. they did a hell of a job sometimes like the palms of her hands but i feel like they just kept stopping to touch her up constantly yeah well i mean she is in some kind of who's afraid of virginia wolf relationship with hail caesar which was weird weird and i felt like was supposed to be funny and i was like uh okay but yeah apparently it does come off even even in like the reboot movies, um, that scene near the beginning where he's making it, I forgot her name, the Ginger Orion. She had a name? She had a name. I thought she was just the Ginger Orion. Nope, she had a name because she I was don't like remember BFFs it. with her. But they both of them in interviews talked about how they kept having to stop that scene because the green makeup would get all over Chris Pine's face. 
and hands well, and, and everything else. It might be yeah. a reason why you don't see a lot of Orions. Because after, yeah. after original yeah. series, I don't think there are any Orion women or any Orion, like green skin Orions in Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and then you get some again in Enterprise. Yeah. I feel like it must have been very expensive to shoot probably yeah. because of the time it would take to redo the makeup. Yeah. It's a, I have to say, like, it's iconic in the way that it's so alien. Yeah. And you immediately, like, you feel excited because, like, this is so sci-fi. It's so different. And it's, like, the classic sci-fi alien is, like, got green skin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's great. It's like the green. So mm-hmm. I, it's a great look, and it just immediately puts you into, like, the mindset of this is a science fiction well, story. Well, all the visible aliens we see in this episode are repeats of aliens we have seen previously Which I love track. the world yeah. building. There's a pig face man wearing a paper mask. Tell you right. Tell you right. Yes. There is an Andorian yeah. wearing... What can only be described as a giant pink blanket. It's, mm-hmm. it's a like a red fuzzy animal cape thing. It's, it's like half a poncho. Yeah. By the way, why do they get to wear like costumes in the mental hospital? Usually there's like... I'm assuming for local color. Or maybe they let them change back into their regular clothes after they took over the asylum. I feel like no. She looked like she, she was, was relaxing in that caftan all the time. Like this is my cash Friday... Well, yeah, that's true. So Marta comes up behind the forest field as they're passing her. She's like, I'm not crazy. Let me out. This is, there's something wrong. And she straight up tells them, he's not Governor Corey. Which Governor Corey laughs with all of his teeth. <laughs> oh, she's clearly mad. Is she crazy? Yeah. Yeah. She's Why else should she be here? She stabbed all her former lovers, remember? Well, she's a murderer, certainly, but I don't, I, that's the thing is like with a lot of these people, you don't understand how they're crazy or what makes them crazy or why they've been classified as crazy. I assume that with the Andorian and the pig face man, it was about their commitment to doing wheelbarrow all over. (laughs) (laughs) But she's at least a multiple murderer, like a serial killer. Oh. But that doesn't make her crazy. Serial killer? Technically, usually, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's not a... She clearly had some delusions going on. He's my lover, I have to kill him. Yeah. And the implication is that she serially murdered all of the men she became involved with. I mean, it doesn't necessarily make her insane, but it doesn't, like, suggest stability. It doesn't suggest that she should be out and about in the normal populace, perhaps. And maybe that that is something that should be cured out of her, like, get it out of her system. The murder. I mean, clearly just going through the murders wasn't doing the trick. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we see Corey in the cage because of course we do. Of course we do. Of course we do. Um, I really liked what they had him, like, he was, like, suspended in midair yeah. by some kind of yes! force belt, And, like, dangling, that. and he looks all disheveled and, like, really, like, he's been hurt. Yeah. It was really effectively it was. creepy. Yeah. It is, especially because you see the exact same actor laughing, like, it's very funny when, when they finally realize that. My question is, is that is clearly an option in their cells, is to, like... Restrain, restrain them. Restrain them up to the back of the wall, which... Jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are more humane ways of doing that, but yeah. okay. As a plot device, it was very good. Mm-hmm. I do love how Hail Caesar gets to keep all of his pointy bling. Yeah. As well as Kim, can you describe his outfit, please? Yes, I can because I scribbled a bunch of notes about it. Okay. <laughs> so he is wearing. It looks like a blue military outfit. It's, yeah. We've got a very military cut. Um, and he's got on um uh like a giant fur coat. Yeah. 
It's so much more than a coat, though. I know. It's it's got um it's so it's got fur lining around mm-hmm. the edges, and it's this great black and green sort of swirly pattern on mm-hmm. the actual coat. And then okay, so I so he's got all sorts of military like things yes. on, and he's wearing and cha- or women's brooches. And he's, yeah, and he's wearing caps. a lot of chains as well. Yes. Yes. So. Then we get down to his boots, which which I originally thought were gold, but as the episode wore on, it became, oh, no, no, he's wearing one sparkly blue boot and one sparkly green boot. Are they all? They are different colors. Yes, they are different colors. One is blue and one is green. Oh, no. It was beautiful. They're so like they're glitter encrusted Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, boots. and they're the two whole different outfit colors. is very Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, and it, it definitely tried to carry off like a very regal military commander type of look, but in like over the I'm the over the top emperor type of way. It was very imperial. Although the way I would probably describe the jacket would be a pimp jacket, yes, which is not it. something that I'm comfortable saying. But I was like, pimp oh, no, emperor. That is pimp emperor. Like it's. Huge. It's also not the entire lining, but I noticed this like later in the episode when he sort of flung his arms back, and it was really dramatic reveal that not the entire lining, but the lining just inside the collar when he flings it is bright gold. Oh, yeah. He wow, man, looks amazing, and he carries off this look because he has the right nose for it. Let's also not forget the glitter shirt he's wearing under his military Mm. collar jacket. Yes, so sparkly, like. Again, if David Bowie decided to take over the world, that is what he would start with. Yes. I'm sure he'd level up from there. Yes. It's like he walked into a a department store and said, give me all your glitteriest outfits. (laughs) Yes. But two different boots. Like, I don't want the same color boots. Yeah. Different color. They were different yes. color boots. It was amazing. I had no amazing. idea. It was amazing. I, I remember, like, the first time we did the full, like, body scan of him walking towards him, and I saw the boots, and I went, oh! Because <laughs> he does, we get a boy oing reveal. Yes, when I he's, love like, laughing, that. like, ha, 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 that's that sound effect. Yeah. That sound effect great. used so much Aww. in this yeah. series, and it's so effective, because yeah. you know exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's, it's a good, like, whammy sound. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it, especially because I thought, oh, they're going to, like, warp him into the other one. But I, eh, no. 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 Oh, we're just going to, like... Fade it and then do a boing, and then we're gonna fade back in. Sharp, yep. or we're gonna sharpen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is great. It's totally great. Yeah. He essentially lays out his entire plan, his thesis statement. Oh, he instantly stuns Spock because he's a much greater threat than Kirk, and he is right. He is correct. He is right because later we see Spock nerve pinch two guys at the same time. Yep, yep. double, a double P. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. Double everything in this episode, Kareem. <laughs> double yes. P's, double K's. Yeah, so he, he, he lays out double his, his mm. evil conquest plan. And it's 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 on point. It is so very, like, classic evil conqueror. Yeah, it's awesome. classic megalomaniac. And here's another thing I would like to note, that he monologues so many times in this episode, like supervillain monologues, like six, yeah, seven times. Yeah. At no point does it actually grant the advantage to the good guy. Because at least three separate times, Kirk or Spock... Wait till the, he starts monologuing and sort of like, okay, I'm going to go for the thing. I'm going to go for the other thing. Okay, cool. And then gets up to sneak off and like press the button or something and gets caught every time. They get caught every single every time. time. Yeah. I love Hail Caesar because he is smart. Yep. He has wily cunning plans <laughs> and he generally calls every shot that they're going to make. Oh yeah. Every single one. Oh, are you edging closer to the button to shut off the force field? 
Yeah, even his even great. his even his minions catch them at it. Yeah, they're they're outclassed. They are. They're outgunned, outmanned. Like you have to assume that these people were very successful criminals before they got caught, or they wouldn't be like leveled up to this particular. Well, we don't. Okay, the only two people that we know what they have done are uh, Hail Caesar yes, and, and Mara. Marta, Mara, Marta, the Orion. Martha! Yeah. Uh, That's my amazing Batman versus Superman mm -hmm. thing. Nobody else gets any kind of backstory. Not important. No. Because Garth is enough for everyone. Oh, yes. He, I love this because he monologues for a long time. And Mm -hmm. Kirk makes this beautiful, like, duck face, Mm -hmm. which is like, fine. Okay. Um... Oh, we get told, by the way, he destroyed the medicine. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Before, any, before we go too much further, we need to talk about the fact that Garth lets everybody else out of their cells. Yes, and... with a remote control, might yeah. I add. Yes. Which feels like a problem. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why and do so... we even have that? <laughs> why, do, why do we have the option to let all of them out of their cells at the same time? Well, I mean, in the real world, they do for, in case of fires and stuff. No, I'm not going to allow it here. There are 15 <laughs> of them. There are 15. You would have time. Um, So what happens is when Marta comes out, she gets out of her cell Mm -hmm. and immediately strips out of the caftan like it has been killing her to wear it. (laughs) She's like, these are my, these are my like clothes of being locked up. Strips out of it to reveal what is essentially a purple bathing suit with some skirt tails hanging off the back in, like, strips of fabric. And she's just like, I'm here, I'm fabulous, and I love her so much. She's great. She's yeah. fabulous. And just the image of her, like, coming out of her cage, and the first thing she's doing is, I'm taking this off, whoop! And yeah. she's just, like, in her beautiful purple bathing suit. Oh, I loved it so much. It was amazing. <laughs> It is great. They all kind of rally over to him. She drapes herself on his arm like she belongs there. Yep. He continues to be like, so I'm going to take the Enterprise. And Kirk is like, well, naturally. (laughs) (laughs) I loved Kirk's sarcasm in this. It was great. He's splendid. That's why I really love these two. Because he keeps informing him. He's like, oh, so you're going to help me take over the Enterprise. Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course. That's, that's what you do. That's what you do. And he's like, well, I'm going to hunt down the crew that mutinied against me and then individually Naturally. punish them. And Kirk is like, and on what ship? And he's like, and on your ship. Yeah. Uh, it is great. And then Kirk's like, well, that seems highly unlikely. Yeah. And then Hail Caesar says, does it? And laughing all the time. Wings himself into Kirk, and we get our first look at DK Double Kirk. <laughs> the best part is, is that bad Kirk is a good look. Yeah. <laughs> he is laughing, and he does this kind of like swivel hip motion as he's got Martha on his right, crazy on his left, and he like saunters down the hallway, and Martha's like, my kisses. Yeah, yeah. I did. I really enjoyed Shatner's performance as like Garth playing Kirk. I love it. Yes, I love, I love, I love, I love it. Um, Corey, Kirk kind of goes over to Corey and is like, "So, like, could you explain? Yeah, any of this? (laughs) Like, just take a stab at it because I am very confused." He's let him down from the wall by this point because Kirk's like, "You're so scared of him. You have to keep him like floating in the air." Yes. Yeah. Because it's a good aesthetic. And Corey's like, well, we're so fucked. He created an explosive. 
I have many questions to go along yeah. with that statement. When did he have time to do this? Uh, How? He's not supposed to have even been here very long. I am currently reading a novel in which a guy is in prison and makes an explosive out of some kind of chemical powder he finds in the woodworking shop and a box of sugar cubes. Why? Did and then he accidentally blows up some other prisoner's cell. Like, Oops. you can for sure make explosives out of regular household items. My question is why any of the criminally insane patients have access to anything. Well, okay, if I were to take this back to another part of the canon, of my personal canon, if you will, Con Air, <laughs> how does Cyrus the Virus get a hold of <laughs> blueprints of planes, of special prison planes, as well as enough explosives to blow up a prison? This is an excellent question. They're the questions that you have that you don't ask because it makes life more enjoyable. The funny thing is that they immediately follow this with the scene where they go to the transporter room in the mental hospital, like fake Kirk and his minions, and calls up to the ship and says, Okay, beam us up! And Scotty, proving that they can in fact learn, says, Okay, cool, just give us the passphrase. Queen to Queen's level three. And me and Kareem both went perfectly silent like, Oh my god, they can learn! (laughs) This was perhaps the greatest moment of the entire original series. This is this is what I remembered from this one. Like, all the mm-hmm. times we've been yeah. like, why don't they have a phrase? I was like, there is an episode where they have a phrase! Yeah, it just took this, them, like, this two one. and a half seasons to figure it they out. They finally... And I should... I would argue that they should have different phrases for different things. Yeah, okay. So, my only criticism about the passphrase is that what happens here is that Kirk says just tries to bully his way through it, and Scott, Scotty's like, um, no, you have to give me the passphrase. And fake Kirk's like, fine, I was just testing, never mind, Kirk out. And then he throws a screaming tantrum. Oh, no. But he flips Oh, he absolutely out. fucking loses his mind. But it's later worse. on, when I don't even... They call up to the ship asking for many, the passphrase, like, two more times. Why, after someone fails to give the correct code response, do you not switch to a different question? Yes, your backup code. Yeah, like you should have seven or eight or 50 backup codes. See, Scotty thinks that it's weird. Yeah. But he isn't like, oh, well, someone is in, like, possessed Kirk or is, like, the semblance of Kirk. He's just like, huh, well, that was weird. Well, there's lots of reasons why uh, that don't necessarily involve possession or, you know, doubles. But but wouldn't that be the first place your mind would go to? Well, the thing is that we go immediately away because everyone on the bridge is like, so that was really weird and Kirk was acting very shifty. But then we cut away and when we cut back again, we're like, so they've been worried this whole time that they haven't been able to raise the colony. They've been thinking about ways to get through the forest field, but they can't without killing everyone in the dome. So in fairness, I am actually giving it to the ship's crew this time because they were concerned. There was just not a whole hell of a lot they could do about it. I'm giving them half points because they should have immediately been like, oh, you've been possessed? Yeah. Um, but we should give a lot of time um, to Kirk's flip-out. It was pretty great. His tantrum, his rending of garments, yep. his flailing around hitting the equipment, and then finally <laughs> beating up his own <laughs> compatriots, <laughs> and then throwing himself on the ground to pound it with his fists like a two-year-old denied candy (laughs) in the toy store was awesome he's in fact having such a powerful tantrum that he cannot hold his illusion any longer he cannot hold his cool or his cover Mm. and immediately goes back i i love this i love 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 when uh shatner freaks out yeah i feel like that that is closest to the core shatner we get yeah, and once he's done flipping out, he stands up, he dusts himself off, and he says, 
We are going to take the Enterprise if I have to shatter every bone in Captain Kirk's body. Mmm! Yes! Yeah. So, uh, Garth decides that his next obvious gambit is to have invite, brunch? To have dinner, to invite Kirk and Spock to dinner. Kirk's like, oh, I think maybe no, and Garth's like, I wasn't asking. <laughs> so this is my point. I'm first gonna lock you up. My second point is going to be a sexy lunch <laughs> where I'm going to present my business plan to you. And you'll be so overwhelmed by my minions doing wheelbarrowing all over yeah, the floor. This is the entertainment as promised at the creepy criminal dinner party is two of your minions playing wheelbarrow. Kate, okay. I, okay. Especially in this season, I feel like we've seen a lot of like... Weird public humiliation. A lot, it's a lot of physical work. <laughs> a lot of physical yeah. comedy yeah. Um, being done. I feel like this is not the first time we've seen someone wheelbarrowing. No, they did it in, um, they did it in the, the, the Plato Stepchildren one, too. Really? Yeah. Did they wheelbarrow? I don't think there was wheelbarrowing. They did. Anyway, they it's all very... like a horse. Yeah. Yeah, Kareem, um, yeah, none of us will ever forget that. We're still traumatized by your horse noises. Don't inspire her to make the sound. I was going to, too. <laughs> When I, sometimes when I find myself in the kitchen in the morning, I just kind of chuckle to myself and make the horse noise. <laughs> <laughs> Something really quite beautifully uh, innocent. So while it. the creepy entertainment is happening, um, Kirk and Spock are muttering about plans for finding the control, control room. Garth uh, negs Marta. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um... He, just, he threatens to have her beaten to death. She's like, no, you won't. I'm the only lady on this planet. Also a, a poet? Yes, and she recites <laughs> So, some, here's yeah. the thing. Marta is the Kellyanne Conway of this planet. <laughs> I don't know who Kellyanne... Oh, Kellyanne Conway. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, who the fuck is Kellyanne Conway? So, in my metaphor, Hail Caesar is Trump. <laughs> somehow in charge by taking out those who are... Better qualified, qualified than he. Taking away life-saving medicine from those who need it. So Obamacare. Yep. In my big metaphor here. <laughs> Star Trek predicted the rise of Trump. It did. It did. Putting unqualified people in cabinet positions, including, like, Secretary of Wheelbarrowing. <laughs> and it descends into crazy lies because she then claims that she has written Shakespeare and other poems. Mm -hmm. Um, including A.E. Houseman, mm -hmm. and when someone tries to call it lies, she just kind of does a sexy dance to distract them. Well, no, what she says is, she says, well, it doesn't matter if they already wrote it. I wrote it again yesterday. <laughs> Alternative poetry! <laughs> um, I loved her so much. Yeah, about Marta's sexy dancing. It went on. It goes on for a thousand years, but here's my question. When she starts dancing, there's music. Can they hear the music? I don't know! <laughs> or only us? Is it, like, extra diegetic music? Like, or is it just in her head? Or does she come with a boombox? <laughs> maybe maybe when she dances, her hands turn into speakers. Because well, she maybe. seems to also have, like, cymbals, because it's the... Which she doesn't have the hand cymbals. No. So who is Hensley? There is a guy behind her with an actual tin hat on. I just want to yeah. like put that out there, guys. <laughs> that is an actual tin hat. Like, mm -hmm. like this dancing, it was she was very good and she got very flexible at the end and was like contorting herself in all sorts of interesting ways. But it was way too long. It felt like filler. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, it's one of those sexy question mark dances. Well, <laughs> and they always have Orion. It's like in the pilot, we had way yeah. too sexy, way too long, sexy Orion dancing yeah. as well. The original pilot. Yeah. 
They do love their sexy dances, and I guess in terms of, like, ratings in the 1960s, like, and no access to internet porn, like, <laughs> that that would be probably very persuasive to get people to tune in. It was like this in the Sears catalog. <laughs> God. Ew. All right. Ew. <laughs> I did not come up with that. Ew. You said it, though. Ew. Sears catalog. <laughs> That's really funny. Spock proceeds to give her a half-star review. Yeah. Because Hail Caesar's like, so what do you think about them dancing? And Spock's like, well, I've seen children do better. Which leads me to ask, like, what the fuck is the dancing like on Vulcan that children are writhing around on the floor in pseudo-sexual gyrations? I have no answer to that. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so... Garth tells Kirk and Spock that he wants them to be friends. And Spock's like, uh, on what is our friendship to be based? (laughs) It's great. Yeah, because she sexy dances all over that. Mm -hmm. Um, She dances up on him. Kirk, who almost turns to the camera office style. Yeah. And kind of looks and says, what is my life? (laughs) Um, And Garth's like, oh, you can have her if you want her. And Kirk's reaction is, uh... Thanks. Yeah. Also, Marta gets up and goes back to the other side of the room and sits down at the table, well out of reach of everyone when he says that. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, which is fair. fair. He goes on another villain monologue, um, because Kirk and Spock, like, he he gives the olive leaf of friendship with Kirk and Spock slap out of his hand, or like, you, you tried to kill a whole planet. You're a genocidal maniac. And uh, they yeah. helped you. Yeah. I was betrayed by my crew. Your crew arrested you when you tried to genocide an entire planet. But I'm master of the universe! Uh-huh, but you're super crazy. It's like, I love the phrase master of the universe. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's so great. Mm-hmm. This also, I felt like, had a bit of things in common with Star Trek Beyond. Okay, I was gonna say that too. Hey! Because, because... He's talking, Garth is talking about um, how everything was better when they were at war. We yes. just had victories and yes. we were strong and we were safe and we were strong. And, and the Federation so makes us weak. Yeah. And Kirk's like, you know what? You were right a long time ago and we needed war because we were less advanced because we were, we didn't know as much. We didn't know as many people, but we got to know them and we got to do that largely in because people like you made sacrifices. And you know, the first time I went to the site of your great military victory to Axanar, I went as part of a peace mission. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's like, yeah, it's basically the exact climax of argument Star Trek Beyond. in Star Trek Beyond. Which I love. Is yeah. that friendship is fucking magic. True. <laughs> and I, I, love, I love all of this. There is a time for war, but like, we're done with that. Yeah. We're done. We're better than that. And this dream that we have for peace spread through the stars, and made Spock and me brothers. brothers. Which, like, got me right. And there's a really funny bit where Garth's like, oh, this is so gross, all these feelings. And he's like, he turns to Spock, he's like, what do you think, Mr. Spock? Are you and Kirk brothers? (laughs) And Spock sort of glances at Kirk, and there's this moment of hesitation that is clearly Spock fucking with Kirk. It's like, well, he's being very emotional and dramatic, but, uh... Dot, dot, dot. And Kirk looks so upset. Yes. Like, yes, it is an awful moment. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. Kirk, his giant smile it's on his beautiful. face. It's beautiful. But he's clearly trolling Kirk there, and I really enjoyed it. Um, at which point, 
uh, Hail Caesar sets out the entire four-year plan for the Trump administration, yeah. yep. which is that we will have limitless power, I will give starships to my friends, mm-hmm. and that you, all the entire universe will be ruled by an elite who will take from the weaklings, the losers. Yep. yep. It is like, and that's the thing about Star Trek is that they talk about the issues of the world that are like relevant at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we're just seeing these repeated over and over and over again. And the fact that this episode, which is from the 1960s is so speaking directly to the situation that the world finds itself in today. It's like terrifying and sad that we haven't moved past this. We have not yet embraced Vulcans as our brothers. I would like That's to embrace the a Vulcan as my brother. I would like to embrace a Vulcan depend by who is playing it. Oh know? yeah. There are several Vulcans that I would very much like to embrace. <laughs> So, um, Spock basically says straight out, you're delusional and probably a murderer and he doesn't get to finish his sentence because Garth screams and has him dragged away. Um, again, much like Trump, if you say something he doesn't want to hear, he screams and has you dragged away. Or tweets (laughs) tweets at you. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see the Mark Cuban one? No, I missed that. Oh, so. We'll get that. Yeah. So, Garth says, fine, and has the torture chair dragged in. So this used to be the rehab chair that we've actually seen before. Yes, but he somehow has had access to the rehabilitation chair. How long has he been in charge of this asylum? I feel like at least a day. Well, it sounds like, well, if he's, because I think he's a new prisoner. So, I mean, he's probably the last one to arrive, but that could be anywhere between like, he actually did show up yesterday, or he's been there for, like, a month or something. It's gotta be months, at least, if he's had time to, like, formulate a brand new explosive, take over the prison, and, like, make changes to the torture chair. Like, he is very efficient. He is, yeah. extremely. So they torture the governor. It hurts, but there's no cell tissue damage? Yeah, it's so just, just emotional. It's probably just emotional stimulating damage. his pain pain nerves. Yeah, like, that's, did you see that in the last James Bond movie that we watched? I don't know. What was the last James Bond movie that it we watched? It was so bad. Yeah, they've all been, the Daniel Craig ones haven't been great. This last one was like garbage. Reprehensible garbage. <laughs> so, um, uh, it doesn't work. Kirk doesn't break. He just sits there looking furious. Um, so they decide to torture Kirk. Which, why would you think if torturing someone else, like, have you met James Kirk? Well, torturing someone else is much more likely to break him, and if that doesn't work, torturing him certainly won't. Well, but it is very clever because Martha decides to sex it right out of him, which, frankly, probably would work better. Yeah. As a strategy. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, because Martha's basically, let me try. My way. I want him. Yeah. The decorating in this asylum is, pun intended, crazy (laughs) because we go back to her what i can only assume is the conjugal visit section of this asylum it's a it's an enterprise crew quarter yeah but oh my god the beaded curtains the beaded beaded curtains for miles so many beaded curtains pink lighting yep on all of it yep and flowers what part of the asylum is this this is her sex chamber oh where who flew in the beaded curtains? Why were there beaded curtains hanging around? That's a very good question. <laughs> this makes no sense. Uh great. Unless this is the governor's private quarters oh. and he just really likes it pretty. You know, that was kind of what I assumed because I couldn't really? think of any reason like why else would there even be this room? It clearly has to be a staff member's quarters. And that much pink lighting? Maybe he just likes pink cream. Okay, I'm not one to judge. Uh, so yeah. she's going to save him 
with like tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not really into this. Uh, he's super creeped out actually, which is refreshing. Um, he's like, how about instead of all of this, you help me get out of here, get to the control room. I can like rescue everyone. I can get the medicine to make you, you know, less violently insane. Maybe you could have a boyfriend for more than 14 hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she pulls a knife on him. It's great. So she (laughs) is like hardcore tongue, like, and then she kind of reaches underneath her pillow, her knife pillow, because there's the knife, there's the pillow for her head. And then there's a pillow for her knife. <laughs> yeah. So she grabs her knife and is about to stabinate him. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden, Spock is there. Yeah. Just there. Spock came in to save Kirk's honor and virtue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, grabs the knife out of her hand and subdues her. Now, he doesn't nerve pinch her. Yes, he does. Does he? Yeah. I wrote down in my notes. Spock okay, yeah. nerve pinches so. All right, cool. In, that is a fact now. <laughs> and then he makes a crack. She's like, no, you can't stop me. He's my lover and I have to kill him. And she's not angry. She's excited. So that suggests what happened to her last boyfriend. Last eight to ten boyfriends. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spock is impressed. She is, seems to have discovered a method of ensuring permanent male fidelity. And Karina and I just want to share this look like me. <laughs> <laughs> the best part. So they're going to sneak to the control room. These hallways are not designed for sneaking because the lighting shows their shadows going down the entire mm-hmm. corridor. You could see people coming as soon as they went out of their chambers. I mean, which, on the other hand, good, good design for exactly. an asylum. Yeah. Okay. So they get to the control room, they call up to the Enterprise, and Scotty asks for the key for And here's where we both went, holy shit, because there's this moment of silence where Kirk opens his mouth and then he stops and he looks at Spock and he says, Mr. Spock's going to give you the passphrase. And here's where you're like, oh my god, this was all a trick. It's, it's a, a good, good trick! trick. I, I have in my notes, this is a genuinely good plan. Yeah. I I love this moment. A, a moment where the villainous seem to be very competent and yeah. puts out a plan that on all accounts should work because they take down Pigface in the hallway, so it kind mm-hmm. of, and Spock does. He throws Kirk a phaser and then Spock faces the pig man. Mm-hmm. And so he takes him down. And so you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is a good plan. Martha says earlier that she, like, seduced a guard in order to let Spock be free. And so you're like, okay, this is great. This is going to work. And then there's the moment where finally Kirk is like, wait. That guy is a shapeshifter. Yeah. <laughs> he can shift into any yeah. shape. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. it yeah, was, I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was a genuine, like, good shocker moment. Kirk is seen to be competent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the villain is competent. So it's a real, actual contest yeah. between the two, rather than Kirk always being smarter than that. Um, good tension. I love yeah. this. Um, so he, you know, they say, never mind. They, clo- they <laughs> turn off the radio. And Kirk's like, okay, look. You're Captain Garth. He's like, Lord Garth? Like, no, Captain. And he tries to argue him. He's like, remember how he used to be super cool and not a murderer? Remember that? Wasn't it great? It was not great because I was not master of the universe. My other favorite part about Garth's plan, which I need to give credit where credit is due, is that he gave Kirk a phaser, but it was a fake phaser. So, in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like this bit of Kirk talking to Garth here because he says, you were a role model for everyone. Um, and then he tells him that you were you got sick and this is not yes. your fault. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And and I feel like this is 
the theme through the entire episode. At no point are they saying, Garth, like, for God's sakes, this is all you, and you're doing this, and you're yeah. evil. It's, no, you are ill. Yeah. You are and ill, and you're making bad choices. Repeatedly, and they, they, they reiterate it from different directions. They t- also talk about how he was probably traumatized by all those years at war, and that may be what caused his, you know, decline. It's like, it was just very impressive. No, I, I liked all of this. I didn't... I mean, there are parts of it that are very stereotypy. Like, mm-hmm. I guess Marta's, like, prototype kind of. Harlequin Quinn? Yeah. A little bit Harley Quinn. Although we don't actually know what her background is, but still. Close there, enough. There's some stuff in there, for sure. Like, he's the Joker and she's... Um, and, unfortunately, he does not take this well. His supervillain super rant you know, ticks up another couple of notches. And Kirk, because he's apparently seen Bond movies, straight up lunges for the controls at this point. Um, monologuing is when you take advantage. Unfortunately, Garth shoots him in the back before he can get there. Garth is yeah. amazing. After this, however, he's like, well, so I'm going to be emperor. How would you like to be queen? Okay, so I love this because one of the things in his rant is like, okay, obviously the fact that you're not taking me seriously is due to my not yet having been coronated. Because I, have I don't to be- have a crown? <laughs> You know what? Once I've got a crown, you'll understand. You'll be on my side. So he uh, decides he's going to throw a coronation because this is sterling. Yeah. Flawless logic. <laughs> Everyone will fall in line once they see my shiny crown. Yeah. Um. Here's my question. Where the fuck do they get the crown? Is there a machine shop <laughs> in the mental institution? They made it. Obviously in arts and crafts. <laughs> it's like aluminum, like a flat sheet of aluminum that has been just... No, it's a shiv crown. <laughs> it is. But, like, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I could have made that in, like, grade 11 art metal. I know exactly how I would have made it. Why is any of that equipment on this planet? Why do they have a box of shivs being around? Why are there so many beaded curtains? Don't ask these questions. So many good questions. (laughs) I really like that Garth's plan is to make Kirk his heir. And that will just fix everything. Yeah, yeah, Completely reasonable. I loved it. He also makes Marta his uh, consort. And this is where he touches her as she's rising from her knees and the makeup comes off. And there's, like, fingerprints on her arm. This coronation is my favorite coronation of all time. (laughs) Suck it, the crown on Netflix. Um, around at this coronation which they're having and I'm going to assume is the cafeteria. Well, yeah. it's like what you'd have in elementary it's, school. I think it was yeah. the same room where they had the uh, the dinner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because like, there's a table and they put a chair, a chair on the, on the table. table. Yeah. It does not look safe I, or stable. No, no. Uh, in, in high school, I took a, like, a course where I did, it was like a playwriting class. So I had to write all of these scripts. And so one of them involved like a, thro- like a rebellion in a throne room. And to indicate the throne... I took a bunch of the stage blocks and I just plonked a chair on top. And this is exactly what that reminded me of. So they indulge in some amateur theatrical. So my greatest thing is Kirk takes a look around and is like, you've got like five guys here and... How are you going to take over the galaxy? Oh, with my imaginary fleet. It's even better. So Garth is like, you're just not in the spirit of things right now. Which I feel like in this, Kirk is the National Park Service. Part <laughs> is Trump saying, no, there are millions! There are billions of people here! Yeah. This is my best analogy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they crown everyone with everything. They drag Kirk off because apparently the next part of the plan is that now, clearly, he will be convinced that he should give them the passphrase. Uh, it's great because Kirk tries to talk some sense he into does. the henchmen. He does. Um, the medicine can save you. You should change sides. They are not impressed. It's really great. He's never been so attractive as he is in this. Where so he's stubborn. just just exasperated yeah. but also amused. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kirk. 
curry. It's like, so like it's a really good look for his face. Like during this entire coronation, he had this like twisted lip eyebrow thing, which I was like, mm. well, it's oh. almost. And I, I kept thinking about this. It's like when the people are like straight up villains or people like abusing power. He's very bombastic about his resistance, but in this case, he's very careful about what he says and how he says it and how he lets himself appear. Like, Spock is way more outspoken than Kirk about this stuff. Like, Kirk is trying to persuade people. Spock's just like, you're all fucking lunatics. I don't know how to do any of this. It's great, because he tries again to get down the force field, which again they stun him, because of course they Mm do. Garth shows up and is like, okay, like, recognize my genius? Like, just for five minutes. Why won't you play my game? I have made a super powerful explosion. <laughs> and this is where, now that you've been talking about how Garth is essentially Trump, he's got the most most powerful explosive <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's the yeah. best explosive ever. It's so big. It's so, so big! big. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best explosive. No, it's the best one ever. <laughs> Nothing will ever get better than this explosive. Oh my god. This needs to be, like, a Twitter account. <laughs> Captain Garth. Oh. Lord God. <laughs> and he's going to demo this by taking poor, poor Martha out into the evil atmosphere of this planet. The incredibly poisonous atmosphere. We'll kill her in minutes for and sure. Explodes her. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that to happen. No! I was really yeah. upset because I love her. She was great. He gave her a necklace. Uh, during her coronation as, like, here is some bling to show my regard. Uh, yeah. spoiler. <laughs> the bling has a tiny grain of this explosion, which somehow he was able to fabricate on this garbage planet. Um, and he leads her out. Apparently, her explosion is wired into the console of the entire facility. Yeah, that's an odd choice. Like, he, we already know he has a remote. Why isn't he using that? It's very Ugh. strange. But yeah, he basically... This he was actually quite murders her. Yeah, because he's like... You know, it's so sad. Poor girl. She'll 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 die of the poisonous atmosphere in minutes because they drag her out there in environmental suits and then come back inside and leave her there. And you get to see her like choking on the poison gas. It's like, you know what? I'm kind. I will help her. Pushes a button and that's it. And there's no real like there's no ramping up. It just goes no. from oh, da, da, boom. And everyone is like, oh shit. Only Kirk is like, oh shit. Yeah. Garth is like Biggest explosion ever. <laughs> yeah. And apparently big enough explosion to be detected from orbit. And um, the Here's crew... where Scotty is losing some points. Well, okay. In the... There's another scene a little bit before this where you go back to the bridge and they're like, they're talking about how they could get in through the force field because they can't beam through it. They can't, like, they can't can take... go over it. Basically, can't yeah. go over it. Can't go through it. Can't yeah. go through it. Didn't try under it. No. 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 But um, they were talking about ways, like, they can't get through the forest field without killing everyone inside no. of it. Well, the Scotty's like, oh, well, we could try phasering to eat through it. Why didn't you lead with that? Well, because I think when they were talking about it really early... It was a risk. Scotty says if they try phasering it right near the facility, they'll blow up the whole planet. They might, they will destroy the facility. But they were like, they were gauge, they were sort of gauging like the risk versus reward. It's like, we might be able to cut through with phasers at the weakest spot, but if we do that, we might destroy blah, blah, blah. But at this point they decide it's worth the risk. So they're going to try and beam through it on the other side of the planet. Um, Here's, I got excited here because this becomes a very common thing in Star Trek where they, they phaser through the weakest point in the force field so that they can beam through it. Yeah. Oh, you mean Which, the plot hole? Yeah. Uh, even though that's not what actually ends up happening, I was like, oh, cool. 
Um, yeah. Below, Caesar is playing keep away with his mega bomb. <laughs> he's so great. Yeah. And he's like, well, didn't work with you. Maybe I'll try Spock. Maybe Spock will be my queen. We have <laughs> Kirk's face. Oh, God. Kirk's face is amazing. But we go over to Spock in his cell, who is straight up chilling, yeah. kind of with his arms crossed, going, huh. Idly testing the force field with one finger. Poking. Yeah, definitely a force field, for sure. Yeah. Um, and when he hears the guards coming, he, like, gondies himself onto the floor so that they have to pick him up and sling his arms over their shoulders, which is exactly what he wants, because it means that he can bring his hands up and simultaneously nerve pinch both goons. DP, DP, double pinch, double pinch. He doesn't bother to put those guys back in prison, though. <laughs> no, just leaves him on the floor. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Garth is like swatting around me like, well, Spock's clearly much more logical and smart than you. And Kirk's face is like, uh, Spock will definitely see the logic in just letting me die to save the ship. So good it's luck with that. Really great. Because Hail Caesar is like, well, I'll establish a rapport with him. And then once we have, you know, a basis of friendship, then he'll definitely come over. It's, it's, I love all of this. Yeah. I love his delusion. But when Spock turns the corner, we've got DK. Two Double perks. perks! Yeah. So, here's my main complaint about this fight. Why doesn't he just stun both of them immediately? Yes. Actually, that would be the easiest solution. Like, he clearly doesn't kill him at the end. He stuns him because he's fine afterwards. Like, why wait? It's not like you can't stun them both. The original script had them going through a series of questions to determine who is the real Kirk and who is fake news Kirk. Yeah. Um, but... Nemo hated this episode. Did he? He was furious at it. He <laughs> thought that the director abandoned all of that in terms of action. So, well, he did this fight with endless. I, I'm always into it, but like Spock is weirdly turned on. Oh yeah, this is the Kirk fight. This is the Kirk fight, and so Kirk Spock like starts by asking a question, which they both answer correctly, and one of the Kirk was like, "Well." It's standard captain stuff. Like, why not ask a very personal question? It would take two seconds. Like, yeah. what color were the ropes we used the last time I tied you up? <laughs> like, <laughs> what happened to your nephew? I would love to know that, too. <laughs> How many times have I mutinied? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, ask any question. I feel like it should be really easy because when he changes form, he doesn't actually gain the memories no. and knowledge of that person. No. No. He just is wearing the skin suit. So ask a personal question. That would be solved very fast. Or as Ari says, like, stop them both and be done yeah, with it. Yeah, because what he actually does, he asks like one and a half questions, realizes his tactic isn't going to work, and is like, fine, I'll just wait. Eventually Garth's gonna get tired and the illusion will break. And I'm like, if you're gonna wait around, why not just stun them both? That will also end the illusion. Yeah. The only thing that I can think of that would make this actually work is that Spock doesn't have the code. Oh, only Kirk has possible. the code. But he does. He, he does Kirk have the code, but does. it's stupid. But if I were rewriting this episode today, I would say that only Kirk has the code that will get them back up to the Enterprise, so he has to choose the right Kirk in order for their plan to succeed. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes it would sense. make sense, but I still I still don't think it works. No, it... What? Well, because there's like six or seven other ways that he get people down to the surface. Because of what Scotty was going to do when he didn't answer the code properly was send a security detachment they down. They couldn't get through. It would take them years to get to the facility. Yeah, but like even if he, you know, didn't have the code and stunned both Kirks and he could call okay, up his ship. Okay, rewriting this episode, he has done something with the bomb 
Oh yeah. Okay. 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 So okay. Hail Caesar has rigged his special explosive to blow up the facility if they don't do the code in a certain amount of time. So yeah. there's your ticking. Your, there's your okay. ticking, clock. ticking clock. There is the danger, and the explosion is big enough that it will also take out the Enterprise. Ooh. But they cannot communicate with them. He did say it could destroy the entire planet. It's going to destroy the Enterprise. Here's that. So you've got your ticking time bomb. So you need them to be able to communicate to the Enterprise that hey, there's this bomb happening. Garth has the controller. Oh, such a good episode. Unfortunately, that's not this episode. Yeah, so because... Garth has the controller, so yeah. he's the only one who could dismantle the bond. Yep. Mm. They need to communicate to the Enterprise to get out of range if that's it. So there's there's a lot of like tension built into the scene. They need to quickly figure out who is Kirk, who is not Kirk, who has the controller, who doesn't. Um, and Spock doesn't know which is which. So he ha- is forced to pick ask one. the questions yeah. and pick one. That would have been great. Unfortunately, they did not take Kareem's notes. No. The Kirk fight. Because only as this episode stands, <laughs> it's stupid because he should have just stunned both of them. Um, so eventually... Uh, he doesn't shoot the chair-wielding maniac immediately. No, there's like Kirk-on-Kirk action battle mm, for... Kirk-on-Kirk. A while. It's, um, it is weird because at some point one of them is prone on the ground and the other one picks up a chair to like... What's the wrestling term, Kim? Uh, hit him. <laughs> Isn't there like tables, chairs, and ladders? Table a TLC matches tables, yeah. ladders, ladders, and chairs. So it devolves <laughs> into a TLC or just the C, um, where one Kirk is definitely about to bean the other one with a chair, and Spock doesn't think that that should be obvious which one is Kirk and which one is not. Well, one of the Kirks then tells Spock to shoot them both, which yes, is like our yeah. original solution. Yeah. Yes. So Kirk shoot Spock shoots the other one. The chair-wielding maniac. Yeah, because obviously the Kirk who wants everyone to be unconscious is the real Kirk. See, that's reasonable too. Yeah. And because But do you know what he doesn't do? Shoot them both. No, he doesn't. The, the good Kirk is also like, oh, shoot both of us. We need to save the Enterprise. And, the, and Spock is like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I see how it is. This is so dumb! It is very dumb. It makes no sense. Like, what? You're just gonna wait? Again, you need... This is he an episode... Just, this is an episode where I do not like saying this, where you needed the ticking clock! Yeah. You know what? It would have been funnier if the, Spock had just sort of stood there with his phaser calmly watching them try and convince him without saying a single thing. Because that could have gone on for a while. There I been, love that. There could have been, like, intermittent Kirk-on-Kirk fighting action, and then they stand up and try and convince Spock again. They, they could roll across the room and then roll back and then throw some shit. And Spock would just be standing there the whole time with his phaser going, hmm... Hmm, that's a good point. How about you? While they did all of this stuff. And then, and then eventually, shoots them both. And then he shoots them both. He's like, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> Problem solved. Oh, it's comedy. It's tension. Right? It would have been it's great. It's less expensive. Um, <laughs> so, Spock calls up his ship for help and everything is fine. Everything's fine. We yeah. jump forward, I guess, some time because Corey seems to be much recovered. And they've been administering the miracle drug to Intravenously. Yeah, that's fine. Um, why are you so upset about intravenously? Because I don't understand how that would work. Into the bloodstream. I know how intravenous works, Kim, but is It's what hyposprays are? Yeah, well, hyposprays are, are dermal, of... not, um, not intravenous. Yeah. I don't know, something about, like, doing a shot for mental illness seems very strange well, to me. Well, what else would you like? A pill? Well, most of them yes. are. A cream? Most, on your cream? most yes. of them are oral. Yeah. In the real world, I, th- anyway. I think I think that's where I'm getting the weirdness of it. Like, what... Like, yeah. why intravenous? Because that's really weird. Like it's, it's weird because they make a big deal out yeah, of it. Yeah, and you don't normally see them doing stuff intravenously in Star Trek. They're usually hypos. When they're in the neck, they might be intravenous, I it's guess. It's weird because Corey's like, oh, are you going to apply it 
And he's like, no, it, must, it needs to be done intravenously. And I was like, well, that's really awesome. That's I mean, I guess it would be faster that way. Usually, like, shots in the arm are things that need to go through the muscle tissue to, like, diffuse, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, fine, whatever. Um, here's my question. They've got Garth in the chair, in, like, the proper chair, the, the, the brain-fixing chair. Um, Which they'd said earlier they'd stop using. It's from the past. Well, no, this is, this is, he's, before they were, before he, like, altered it to be a torture chair, they have been using it, and it was very effective. It helped a lot of people, because Corey talks about that, even in the middle of the, like, hostage situation. Mm -hmm. They've had Garth in the chair, and he wakes up, and he's a lot calmer. Why is he still wearing his emperor costume? Because it looks really good on him. Yeah. I'm not disputing that it looks good on him. It's just really odd that they're all wearing their, like, supervillain costumes instead of back in their hospital pajamas. They don't have hospital pajamas. But that's another question I would like answered. Wait, just because you're crazy doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to dress how you want. I wouldn't give someone brooches because presumably they have pointy parts. Also, we know for a fact that some of his bling has giant crazy explosives in it. Yeah. That's true. I would probably Maybe they just haven't had time. Maybe they just haven't had time. There's only one guy running this facility, <laughs> yeah. Kareem. He can't well, cure all of their illnesses and change them at the same yeah. time. The thing is that they actually yeah. ask him, it's like, so uh, do you want us to hang around for a while? And Corey's like, no, no, it's fine. I got this. He's for sure Garth again. Um, <laughs> And Garth doesn't remember anything. any of it. Any of it. Yeah. Because he says, Do I know you? He looks at Kirk and Spock. And and Kirk says, No, Captain. Which, like, broke my heart in a million pieces. Yeah. And I thought that was actually genuinely quite touching. Yeah. And then Kirk flips over to Spock and is like, How the fuck didn't you know it was me? Which is a valid question because yeah. one of them was wheeling a chair like he was going to murder the other also, one. Also, Spock, you're a telepath. Touch telepath. Yeah, but still, sometimes he can sense things even without touching people. No. I could sense like, it. He's, he's the one he's, not wielding a chair. He has, like, telepathically influenced people across rooms. With touching stuff. No, across rooms, without well, touching everyone. Uh, I don't it's, think that's a valid There are complaint. many reasons that this, that was a stupid scene. That's just one of them. Eh. Spock says, actually, I figured it out pretty quickly. I was waiting to see who won the fight. I figured you'd lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, because you were tired, not because you're weak. Although you are, because you're human. Yeah. It's like Spock was just watching to see watch Kirk get his ass kicked, mm-hmm. essentially. Apparently he's into that kind of thing. Letting yourself... And he's like, oh, so how about when you got hit in the head? I mean, I assume you let yourself get hit on the head. I assume. Right. Right. Weird ending. Anyways. Very weird. Um, Kim, your count. One death. Poor Marta. Plus unnamed security guards. At least two security guards. On screen? Not no. on screen. No. That's true. No, then I'm not counting them. So, <laughs> wait, wait. I'm pretty sure your math previously has included the billions of people that we have not seen. Yeah, but we decided that was depressing and stopped counting deaths that didn't happen on screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least within episode, and that definitely happened before the episode. That is fair. Uh, are your count. Two and two. Two ladies, two people of color. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the ladies. I'm like, well, Martha Obera and Marta. Because we saw most of her. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Performance of the episode, Kim. I'm going to give it to the actress who plays Marta because I loved her. What's her name? She I don't was know. great. Like, she had, like, obvious comedic chops. She was charming. She was so charming. I loved watching her. And, like, I'm sorry, the greatest moment of that episode for me was when she stripped out of her, proudly stripped out of her caftan <laughs> to reveal her, like, purple bathing suit. This was my business caftan? Yes. This is my leisure suit? Yes. <laughs> This is, this is my crime leisure suit. <laughs> it was more like, this is the caftan of my captivity, and this is the bathing suit of my freedom! <laughs> 
she it was, was very she free was bathing suit for sure the the part her dance even though it went on for like ages i was like okay like you're all very flexible. Yeah, she when was... she was dying and suffocating when they took her out into the noxious fumes of mm. the outside was awful. Yeah, it was. It was really yeah. so awful. I, I really enjoyed her. She was fantastic. So, yeah. Ari, did you find the name? Her name is Yvonne Craig. Oh, mother of Daniel Craig. Um, and <laughs> no, that is fake. That is she was also Batgirl. Really? In the yeah. original Batman? In the original Adam West Batman. Huh. Amazing. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Oh, I love her. She's fantastic. She was really great. Yeah. Uh, no one in this episode did a bad job. No. At no all. They were all great. Who was uh, your performance, Crane? Uh, Stefan, obviously. Yeah. The man. The like, myth. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> uh, that would be Steve Enot. Original name, Stefan. Which Stephon. we like. We already decided yeah. we like Stefan yeah. better. Yeah, yeah obviously. Um, are your performance? I'm also giving it to Garth. I thought he was great. He was great. I loved his swagger. I loved his command. I love his, like, Napoleonic. Flip those tantrums were great. (laughs) Great. And I love the way he pulled off that jacket cape. Yeah. Uh, Slash pimp emperor rope. Like, he did not let that cape wear him. No. He wore it. For and he sure. He was in charge it. of the cape. He was. He swished. Yep. He, he, he deserved to be pimperer. Yes, he did. He <laughs> How did we spend that long and not come up with that till the end? Kim did. Good job, Kim. Yes. <laughs> Garth, our pimperer in chief. Um, life lesson to be taken away from this, Kim. Uh, always, always follow protocols. They save lives. <laughs> I'm also going to go on that theme is that safe words save lives. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I had to do. <laughs> it's like also if, applies to body swapping specifically. <laughs> it's a lesson that we have been harping on for this yep. entire podcast, and they have like finally learned finally it. Finally, finally. But after many, many, many lives were lost. Yep. <laughs> this whole episode was saved, and the Enterprise was not taken over because there was a password. Change your passwords often. And make them complex enough that people cannot guess them. (laughs) 